How's it going, everybody? Appreciate you tuning in. On this episode, I'm going to be talking with Jim and Linda Riser. Jim is the guy that makes all the music for THP, so whenever you hear a song pop up in a THP video, Jim's the one that made that song. A lot of you may already know that, but what you may not know about Jim is he has a history of addiction. In this podcast, though, Jim, Linda, and I are talking about hunting addiction and the fine line between having a passion for something and being too far down the addiction rabbit hole and creating problems for yourself. We also talk a little bit about our history with addiction and our current battle with our addiction of hunting. So hopefully you can relate to this podcast a little bit and maybe it'll help shed some light on how to manage your addiction. Also, I mentioned in the last podcast, we're going to be at the NWTF convention in Nashville coming up here in a couple of weeks. So we're really looking forward to that. If you're going to be in the area, come by our booth and we'd love to meet you and get a chance to chat with you. Also, if you have any interest in turkey calls, We've got turkey calls on our website for sale. We've been using the THP Woodhaven mouth calls for, I think, two or three seasons now. And I really love the calls. I mean, obviously, it's going to sound like I'm pretty biased, but the THP Alpha call is the one that I've been using the most. It's kind of got a bat wing cut in it. Uh, That's the one that I really like and feel the most confident with. And one of the things that I really like about this cut is it seems to work really well even right out of the package. Other calls in the past that I've used, I've had to break in a little bit, and while there's still a benefit to breaking in these calls, it's pretty impressive how well they work right out of the package. So if you have any interest in mouth calls, you got them on our website, and also on the website, we got tons of other hunting gear that we use all the time when we're out in the field. So we appreciate the support. Thanks for listening, and hope you enjoy it. rule is there's no rules literally say anything the way that you want to say it I got no problem with it and if I, if we need to cut a word out we can cut a word out if we need to go back and like all you know, I got to do always... is get the look and that'll take care of any swearing I might do yeah which is fine too it doesn't matter I think it's however you want to go about it I don't swear that much no me either <laughs> the 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 joke is is you can always tell after I've been at the Mellon Camp studio because I come back and every other word is F because that's what John does. Yeah. Every other word out of him and it's just it's hard not to take it on. Oh yeah, when you're around it. I mean <clears throat> I think it's kinda of funny because when I was a kid, you know, I was just exposed to that a lot and I think it's regional somewhat, you know. You go to Wisconsin or Michigan, it's the same way. Really? Indiana, I would assume, is probably pretty similar. <laughs> but where I grew up, that's just what I was exposed to. Everybody talked like that. Mm-hmm. You know, the guys, too, that I was looking up to in sports or in hunting. It's just like, that's yeah. just what. This, like my dad's best friend, Rich, he said plenty of words that <laughs> I was introduced to when I was, you know, maybe a smidge older than uh, Jake. I started going to turkey camp with them. And, like, I'd hear him say some stuff, but then when I went to turkey camp... You hear it all. I was like... Whoa. What? Am, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, what? But I loved that, you know? Yeah. Because yeah, you feel like you're part of the crew, oh, you yeah. know? You, you, you're just part of it. Yeah. I got a kick out of it the other day. We were at the farm because <clears throat> we had all the kids in town. And uh, and the uh, Luke was driving, the oldest was driving um, the golf cart, and then... Um, Gabe was sitting shotgun, 
That's Luke's little brother. And then Maya, the granddaughter, the only granddaughter, was sitting next to me in the back. And she turns around. She goes, oh, my God, Gabe, there's a huge spider in your hair. And he immediately goes, what the f And, I mean, it was just like – and I was kind of proud of him because it just came out so beautifully and fluidly. There was no, like, hesitation none, with it. None whatsoever. Was I was like, like, you're either in or you're out when The boy can custom. be himself around Grants, and I like <laughs> yeah. that. I like that. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. I was like, okay, well, now I got something I know I can get it with. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Hey, I mean, really oh, funny. Sorry, I was going to say, hey, Hayden, um, <clears throat> that's my wife. I've got my THP shirt on. Zach's got his THP shirt on. Where's Linda's? I don't have a THP shirt. <laughs> oh, that's bad. <clears throat> no. She came down and Jim goes, where's your THP shirt? I was like, those guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's going to be a few people who say that Jim Riser sucks because Jim Riser is going to be telling you some truths about the disease of addiction yeah, today. Yeah. And, um, you know, because that's one of the things we, we've been talking a little bit about, you, me, Warb, just kind of on the side of, you know, I mean, obviously you guys, you know that I, I was an addictions therapist for, mm -hmm. for over a couple of decades now and still am. I still help um, some nurses pro bono in the state of Indiana uh, once a week. Uh, for a Zoom meeting, and, um, you know, people go, nurses, they're not supposed to drink or do drugs, and I'm like, yeah, unfortunately, this disease does not have uh, any kind of boundary whatsoever on yeah. the choices it makes, so, um, uh, and then, of course, I've been in recovery, I'll be 24 years sober this year, so it's, yeah. uh, it's interesting, but what we'll probably be talking about is, is the process addiction, which is very different than a substance, substance addiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, we were talking... In a meeting this morning, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna talk with Jim, and <coughs> gonna, you know, hopefully cover some different topics. What do you guys think? And Warp's like, oh, I'll talk about addiction. And I was just like, yeah. Like, the cool thing about coming over here and why I was so excited about it is, there's so many things to talk about, you know. And I'm excited about the addiction thing and just diving into that because I also view myself as an addict. I've had some very addictive tendencies over the years. Uh, I used to use tobacco. I used to chew, chewed for like a while, then drank enough to start to realize at a point that it was like, I'm probably abusing this more than I should be. And then I stopped and I haven't drank for three years now. So I think that we have some similarities in our personality and, uh, we, we invited Linda to participate as well because, it's a different perspective um, over the whole thing, I guess, and kind of diving into, yeah, the process of it, I suppose. Well, and I think that, you know, where people kind of, like, you first you have to identify what addiction the definition is. And, of course, there's a nice medical definition that talks about the neurobiology and all that stuff and the science and all that stuff, and I think that's fine. But... But for a layperson to understand, this is the, these are the two important things, behavior and consequences. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. If I participate in a behavior that gives me threatening or adverse consequences and then continue to participate in that behavior, then there's a problem. Mm -hmm. Because the reality is, is, you know, most people wouldn't think, <clears throat> you know, they say, well, you should have a good addiction. Well, what's a good addiction? I can talk to people who have anorexia nervosa, who are runners, who their addiction, they're getting their 
and I will talk a little bit about the biology, but they're getting their euphoric uh, uh, tendency from the running itself and from the suffering of starving themselves. They actually get an endorphin rush, which is your in, in, it's called endogenous morphine, right? Endogenous uh, opioids. And so you actually get a high. And I mean, <laughs> it's so funny. I was talking to somebody not long ago and they said, it, you know, is, is what's so great about killing killing a turkey i said well everything (laughs) 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 everything everything's great about killing but um you know it's i said well i've done a lot of drugs in my life and nothing touches that moment Mm -hmm. and you can watch your videos jake's videos crystal's videos eventually Whitney's video, (laughs) (laughs) but you can watch these videos and you see that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'll, and I'll tell you where I really see it is like, um, uh, like Dave Owens. I love watching Dave Owens because Mm -hmm. he truly is a master at his craft. Mm -hmm. And when, when he gets that kill, it's that moment and it's that dopamine, it's that rush. And you do get that. I mean, look at Warb when Warb goes, (laughs) and he's just like so intense and, and, you know, that's no different than a heroin rush. Yeah. And the reason that is, is because it follows the exact same pathway. The difference is, is that, that that's a natural thing. And I have been known to tell people, I have always wondered, uh, there's a, a researcher named David Buss. He's a PhD uh, who talked about the differences between men and women and why men were so um eager to have multiple partners and why women were more wanting to be settled down. So the the way they relate were different. And so he kind of boils it down to evolution to where, you know, you, you got to spread your seed. And so it was kind of (laughs) sexist when I first read some of that, (laughs) Uh, but, but there was some controversy to that, but I have always said that I believe that addiction is the hunting gene that's gone awry Mm -hmm. because Everything about hunting is that same kind of a process. You know, you have the the ritual, the buildup, the whole thing, and then you get your kill, and then you eat it. And and this was a survival mechanism. So I don't think this is something that just, you know, cropped up. I mean, this is based on millions of years of evolution. Mm -hmm. And really the past 10,000 years where we've been more in the hunter-gatherer thing, and we, you know, we've had to go on huge risks, uh, early man, just to bring an animal home. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge rush to that because you have to have something that's going to say I have to repeat this behavior despite the adverse consequences of breaking a Mm -hmm. bone and getting gored by the animal I'm trying to get so all these different things to me sort of kind of play into the thought you know I wonder if you know mankind is a little lazy now we don't have to kill our our uh, we don't we don't have to put ourselves at risk to eat right and go to Kroger yeah you know Mm -hmm. which I would rather not do because there's something about the whole thing you know, when, when I was out hunting with Ted and Jake and, and, uh, Jake cooked up some burgers with the turkey that Warb killed, there's something really special about that, that whole camaraderie. And then we all come together and we gather and we eat that meal. And, the, mm-hmm. I, and, and to me, it tastes better. And I think maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but it's because of the whole it's satisfying. Absolutely. And yeah. so I think there's a lot of, uh, understandable addictive behavior in hunting and again Mm -hmm. where i look at it is what are the consequences it's interesting because you know when i watch videos with jim which is quite a bit yeah and i see you guys hunt and just get so like you know you're breathing it's really and to me i'm going like 
they've probably killed 60, 100 <laughs> of these things. Why is it that they still get that yeah. rush? I yeah. mean, it's like you'd go, okay, I've done it. Like, but you guys, it's just, and I don't understand it because I'm not a hunter, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Jim said, he explained to me why, because I'm like, why are they... They act like they're giving birth almost. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> she know, certainly does. I know, but it's like they're, to me, a little crazy, you yeah. know. Well, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But What's when you your talk point? To, yeah, but when you talk about that dopamine rush, mm -hmm. that's, you know, what I'm seeing. Oh, actually, yeah. You know, well, and it's, I think also on top of that, there's just so much adrenaline. It's the only thing that, makes my body shake uncontrollably like it i would say that there were there have been times like before a sporting event that i would maybe get that a little bit but other than that it's it's hard to get your body to do that mm -hmm. with many other things that make you feel something that intense and i i can't explain it either because you, you kind of start to think no oh, you know i'm gonna keep it together on this next one and just really hone in but it's still makes you have mm -hmm. you, you have to focus in because if you just let your mind take off and let that adrenaline take over it can fog your decision making to where the simplest little moves can make you mess it up and yep. it's it's just crazy how no matter how much experience you have that's never going to go away completely mm -hmm. you may be get better at controlling it down the road but i mean and then there's some too where it's like man that one got me way more worked up than than I even mm -hmm. thought it was going to something catches you off guard and it's like even more amplified than others. There's always though going to be that bit of fog that comes with it. And I think that that's just almost the fun part in itself. Like how, how can I just be sitting here? My heart rate's going through the roof and my brain just feels like mush. Well, that's the drug. Yeah. That's that's the hook. That is the hook, yeah. and that is the drug. You know, people say drugs are bad. Well, it's not really. The drugs just let your brain do what it it would normally do in certain situations. Right. Now, of course, you know, a hit of cocaine is an automatic dopamine release, mm -hmm. and so you're not going to have that very often in your life. Right. But um, but the the part of the brain, and I won't get too technical, but the part of the brain that's involved in what we call the feel good pathway is the is the medial forebrain bundle, and it's just this part of your brain. Um, there's what's called inhibition and disinhibition, and there's all kinds of different chemical processes that are going on when a drug of abuse enters the body. But the bottom line is it's believed that it lights up that feel-good part of our pathway. There's lots of different things involved in that. There's the endocannabinoids, the endogenous opioid system. There's um, uh, acetylcholine. There's glutamates, all kinds of different uh, brain chemicals that are going on. Um, and the, and the thing with drugs that's, that, that is artificial <clears throat> is, um, you know, you, you, you use the drugs for a while and then you have a withdrawal symptom, mm -hmm. but think about the times after hunting seasons, when you're done with turkey season, especially for me, if I've had a bad season, I get depressed. Oh, I get depressed if I have a good one. No you know, joke. you're right. You're right. <laughs> you know, there's, it, there's a certain amount of withdrawal. I mean, I hate to say it, but as soon as that clock strikes the last legal minute, okay, well, it's over. And I'm relieved because I don't have to obsess on it anymore. But then I get really depressed. Yeah, then you get, then you have the withdrawal part. And like, yeah. it usually hits me the hardest when I take off driving home. Like, whether it's that evening, like let's say the season ends on a morning hunt. 
and it starts the sun starts to set and you're not thinking about tomorrow anymore yes and I'll, I'll i'll cry yeah i cry at the end of every turkey season i get it i don't have to always you know even i'm not usually around people but i have my little moment where i tear up i'm, I'm not i'm not afraid to admit that i have a little tear up moment at the end of turkey season oh, and i'm kind of proud of it a little bit because it's like you know what man i love that so much that it pulls some serious emotion but then like you said the withdrawal starts to kick in where and, and there's times it's worse than others, but if I don't have something else to just immediately keep me preoccupied, <laughs> then I'll just sit there and dwell on it. Yes. And that's dangerous, too, because then you can just get yourself in a really bad funk, which I think probably at one point or another, all of us that are addicted to hunting have went through that withdrawal and ultimately got ourselves in a, in a pretty bad funk at one point or another, just because if you sit there and let... It's kind of like, it's kind of like if you were going to quit caffeine all of a sudden you cold turkey you stop drinking coffee like for me yeah you'd have a headache and then then your brain would feel foggy and if you just sat around and dwell you know dwell on that you sit inside you don't really do anything you don't go be active it's going to be worse than if you go do something or try to keep yourself entertained Mm -hmm. and i think that it's easy for hunters to fall into that same category because all of a sudden your routine is broken your habit is broken, but then also you have you feel like you have nothing. You got no tomorrow anymore, and it's kind of weird. Well, and then you're bringing up, I know what you're getting ready to say, and I want you to say it, but you're also bringing up then how people who have morals galore, who are everyday, good, solid, blue-collar, white-collar workers who get a couple of weekends off to hunt a year, who would never dream of doing something illegal, that will go and poach now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So because they just don't want to let go yet, or they yeah. haven't been able to, and well, you know, I, I, you know, the the excuse I've paid my taxes, so right. or whatever. What happens is we begin to start twisting our values and twisting our beliefs to fit the illegal activity, mm-hmm. and it's no different with with a substance abuse, mm-hmm. right? Right. So. Uh, for me, for example, my, my drug of choice was pain medication. And of course, you know, there wasn't anybody in the world that was surprised that I had chronic non-cancer pain, which I did and do. Uh, but back in the 90s, it was not believed that if you were treating pain, uh, that you could get addicted. And of course, I was already addicted. And so every article that said you can't get addicted if you're treating pain, I had neatly laminated so I could make sure I took it to the doctor (laughs) to show them so, you know, I could get my drugs. I had no idea how to get stuff off the street. I didn't need to. I Mm -hmm. had plenty of people who were willing to write for me and and legitimately so from their own standpoint. So there's no blame on their part. Right. None. My addiction was my responsibility and I unfortunately obtained it the way that I did. But the reality is, is that ultimately what ended up happening from the addiction to substance was that that was the most important thing in my life. You know, I had, my mom was my chief enabler, if you will. And she was the person who would get my scripts for me until she just said, I I just can't do this for you anymore. Well, once I learned how to get them, man, it was on. I mean, every emergency room in the state of Indiana was on to me. Uh, but I, I think because people are afraid to talk about it, um, it, to say this is a problem and you can get help for it, uh, people didn't. And so, you know, addiction itself is such a stigmatized disease, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there are a lot of hunters who might approach hunting differently, still just as excited and happy and enjoyable, but would approach it differently if they were to understand uh, the process of the addiction itself 
and because you know look at look at how many people you see that get divorces over hunting oh yeah i mean, I mean. <laughs> we could name a few people off or 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 lose relationships mm-hmm. or they compromise their own relationship values this lose I, their friend lose a friendship lose over a friendship over a deer uh, right or, that was or, my or, buck. or a turkey or i mean a fishing spot or whatever i mean it's kind of all the same right yeah. it's it's you know mm-hmm. easy so you were going to tell the story no, I was just going to say during um, when it is in season, you guys, and you're the same way. You're not only hunting, you're editing, you're mm-hmm. doing all kinds of things, and he's writing music. Mm-hmm. So he's in the studio or he's hunting. And that's pretty much everything he's doing, especially during deer season and turkey season. But it seems like it's more during deer season and he's in the studio a lot. And it's like I feel like I never see him. Mm-hmm. It's like he's downstairs in the studio or he's out hunting. It's, it's not as bad now, though. No, it? it's not as bad now. But and so I'll tell you so why. So you can see why when it's over, it's like cold turkey, like you said. Yeah. Cold you know. turkey. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, by the way, you know where the word cold turkey came from? No. Cold turkey was when you stopped using heroin. Uh, John Lennon wrote a beautiful song, Cold Turkey Has Got Me On The Run. But um, you um, g- you're get goose flesh when you're in opiate withdrawal. And that's the turkey, cold really? turkey, like the when you pluck the feathers. Yeah. And so you cold turkey, and it's got you on the run because your legs are kicking. Hmm. And so that's another reason they say kick the habit because you get these leg jerks from that. So Interesting. Just kind of a little sides, yeah, side I've excitement for never, you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> didn't know that. Now so. we understand what a cold turkey yeah. is. But she's right, you know, and, and, you know, as a recovering person, what I always tell people is our drug of choice is more. Mm-hmm. My drug of choice is more, mm-hmm. right? How yeah, many? when you're addicted to something, right? And, and it doesn't matter what it is. even in recovery, I have to be careful, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, what's your addiction? Uh, taxidermy? You know, um, you know, how many more mounts do you need? All of them. Uh, how much tungsten do you have in your safe? How, mu- how big is my safe? Mm-hmm. You, know, um, you know, and you see this with gun collectors and things like that. And again, what you're looking at are the consequences. And what finally hit me one time, because... I was, this was when I was working and I was healthy and I was just merrily coming home from work on a Wednesday, heading out to the farm during deer season. And, and, and she comes in one day tearful. I'm like, what's wrong? And she said, can I, can I, can I tell? Mm -hmm. She said, I feel like if you had to make a choice between our marriage and hunting, you would choose hunting. And I'm like, you're crazy. What the hell's wrong with you? I didn't see it. Because but that's how I really felt, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, and is that do I have the excuse? Well, I'm an addict. What do you expect? No, I don't have that anymore at all because I'm in recovery. I have to live a recovery lifestyle. And, you know, I have to do this in all of my affairs and everything mm-hmm. I do. I have to recover and and have that thought process of recovery. And it's like, wow, I am. And I was at first I was mad. Which oh, yeah. As I, soon as we get confronted with our consequences. Yeah. Bull crap! It's not that bad. Right. Well, then I ca- start keeping a hunting journal. That's where I got all my, and I'm like, whoa, okay, she's right, and I need to make some changes. And it was a difficult change, but it's a better change. And you know, the irony is, and I, I'm sure you can relate to this too. There were many times I was out hunting, saying, "I wish I was at home with her right mm-hmm. now." Isn't that crazy? Oh yeah. So that was a real weird one for me because I'm like, well, I'm not happy anywhere I am right now. So <laughs> yeah. now what do I got to do, yeah. you know? And, I, and it wasn't that I wasn't happy being at home. It was, right. you know, I said, well, maybe I could figure out a way to get her to learn how to film or whatever. We could hunt together and yeah. stuff like that. And, and the reality is, is that, no, I have to find balance. Balance. And balance yeah. is next to impossible for me. Yeah. 
I think, I think that uh, I can definitely relate to that part of it. It's like everything that I've done my whole life, it's like I'm either all in or I don't really even want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just like to me, I don't have as much interest even in hunting something that I'm only going to be able to hunt once in my life, for example. Like a like a whatever those horns are. Yeah, sheep, sheep. big horn. Yeah, yeah. Which which I'm not saying I won't do it, but it right. doesn't interest me nearly as much as something that I can get a, a tag for every year. I, I agree. So to me, um, I just really want to get hyper-focused on the things that you know I can continue to do. And throughout my life, it's changed a lot. And like obviously, you've used... Um, the the taxidermy thing is an is an easy example. Another one for for myself that comes to mind earlier in life was sports. I could just play sports and you could just go all in on that every single day. You know, before school, after school, I was doing something revolve revolving around sports, and I was also addicted to hunting then too. But I had something else that kind of balanced that with hunting and. Really, until this knee injury happened, I realized that I was just going further and further down the rabbit hole of, like, a long-term hunting binge. And it all started, I was telling you guys earlier today, of the 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 COVID season, the 2020 season. Right. It's like all of a sudden I went from really hunting a lot to really hunting a lot. <laughs> you know, went all of a sudden it was almost every single day of that season, which, you know even since then it's like once you do that once i remember part of the reason that i got in such a funk after that season is all of a sudden i have this hard withdrawal and then also i'm thinking to myself well will there ever be a season that it'll be that awesome again yeah and that really also is it there's all kinds of things that got into my head like also got had lyme disease it was also just the covid times where everybody was mad at each other and just bickering online and, and plus, we didn't get a chance to interact with each other yeah, much. Yeah, and I'm just not seeing people, which is also something. <laughs> I mean, I'm actually curious of of, of uh, what this means to you, Jim. I'm also just addicted to talking to people, like hanging out with my friends, to the point of, like, here we are right now, and it's 11:25. And it I doesn't mean, seem like that. No, and two hours from now, it won't seem like that. To the point where. This is a this is a feeling that I get when I'm with my friends or just really anybody and just having a conversation. It starts getting so similar to feeling like like it, all I can explain it as is just addiction. Like I'm so addicted to talking to and having these conversations. Well, you're definitely in the right field doing podcasts. I know it, it's because great you get for to that. enjoy all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I love it. Every time I sit down to talk with with people, it's awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, when it's, you know, when it's midnight and we're getting up at 4 a.m. to go turkey hunting, <laughs> it, it is an actual yeah. issue. You can, There's a consequence there. But I can't stop. Yeah. I mean, to the point where it's like, you know, oh, what can I say next to get them to answer the question? Or, you know, well, well I got to tell this story. And then it just continues to spiral down the rabbit hole. And it's something that really just recently I've started kind of thinking about on my own is why am i why am i that way like what is there is i it? think it's in your family yeah right because yep. you're all of you guys kind of have that mm-hmm. you know you got to get pushed out the door 
I'm the same way. I mean, mm-hmm. once we get and, and and it is that way around people I'm close to. COVID yeah. really exposed how introverted I've become, and yet when I'm with the right people, I'm not introverted at all. Yeah. Yep. Yep, for sure. It's funny though too. I got to mention this earlier. Linda and I were kind of picking on you because you're like, you said that earlier tonight or when I first got here, you're like, oh yeah, COVID made me realize like, you know, I only want to hang out with certain people. We're inside and you're just yelling to this neighbor and then you go over that door and I'm like, oh yeah, Jim's an introvert. (laughs) What I can't stand is a conversation with no substance. Yeah, right. It's just like, it's just general small talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which... The one thing, though, that, uh, you know, keeps me going a lot of times is I, like, I really enjoy the challenge of finding something in common with people. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, it's like it can just be about anybody, and therefore I just will let her rip, which is fun. I think if more people focused on what we had in common with each other instead of what's different, there would be none of this split that's in our country Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. I'd agree with that. You know, because... Even people who I have different beliefs from, like massively different beliefs from, I find I have way more in common with them than not when I sit down and talk to them. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, and I I think, well, we discussed this, social media. Mm -hmm. Social media is in some ways, like when I was doing addiction as a career, I would tell all of my patients, you need to stop social media for at least a year. I would say one out of 20 would do that. And and the reason being is because, unfortunately, what happens with addicts is the more addicted we become, the less our self-esteem gets. And the self-esteem and ego are on two different, they're on the same balloon. You squeeze one, the other gets bigger. You squeeze Mm -hmm. the other, the other gets bigger. Self-esteem goes down to nothing and ego gets huge. And so um, uh, for, for us, ego is the worst possible thing. You know, I, I use it to say EGO, easing God out, right? It's easing out what your spirit being is. It's not, I'm, I'm not talking about God in the, like, go to church and pray sense. I'm talking about your, the, your sense of spiritual connection with others. Mm-hmm. It gets huge. And it's because your self-esteem is like this. So you have to cover for a lack of self-esteem. And so that's why you'll see these people going out and shooting and poaching and doing things because I've got the biggest. Ask me how what any of my deer score i don't know i've i've only scored one deer because my friend was teaching me how to score one and it was <laughs> that one my very first buck that i ever shot uh-huh. and 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 it it was like i've never scored those great big ones up on, why you know uh that iowa bird probably ought to be in a record book i mean greg and i were talking about <laughs> yeah. that you know and we talked about yeah, whatever it's mounted i look at that turkey i see greg and i in the mm-hmm. blind hunting mm-hmm. and in filming and that's, that's what i see i see yes. that deer over there i see that long sit in my saddle and and it was my first first year with a phantom too and i sat from barely sun up through rain and sleet and all that stuff till Five minutes before when, uh, before sunset, when he pulled out, and I'm like, this phantom really did me good. You know what I mean? And, and, and I'm not trying to advertise for Tether. I love those guys anyway. But the reality was it was like new stuff. Yeah. But uh, anyway, back to back, – see, I'm like you. We, we just go <laughs> – but we'll come back around eventually. So recovery is shrinking that ego and getting that self-esteem mm-hmm. back up. And so a lot of times what I'll see um, – 
who cares about the size of your whatever your you know uh, how many turkeys you've killed or how many that's not important what's important is how do you feel when you're out there yeah. how do you feel when you're with your friends sharing that yes how do you feel uh, knowing that i could be hunting right now but i'm st- i'm hanging with my wife because i want to hang with her yes not because i'm missing hunting there's times when i don't you know, oh God, do we really got to go to the furniture store? Fine. You know, <laughs> so, but I mean, that's just life, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and um, I mean, she watches videos with me now, but what I do get a kick out of is she'll, she'll be watching them and, you know, she has her favorites and her non-favorites as far as shows that I might watch, but I don't watch very many shows. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, now that she's gotten to know Catman and, you know, all of us here and, and it's different, you know, because now we all we're all friends. It's mm-hmm. different to see that. Totally. Because like you look at somebody like Shane Simpson, who is just laser sharp in the woods. He is funny. Oh yeah. Oh my God! And I'm like oh, yeah. Shane, dude, you are so dry and boring he's so sometimes <laughs> on so the dry. video. But it, but, but but in in, in even in real you, life, mm-hmm. he's like dry, like yes, fifty percent of the time. But then even through that dry though. The other fifty percent of it, it's just like jokes, but it's still real dry. Yes, but yes. It's, I mean, he's always that way. But after you get to know that, oh, yeah. he's not boring at all on no. any of his videos. I go back and look at some of those videos. I used to say, I like this Shane guy, and he's all right. You know, but God, he's a heck of a turkey hunter, and I really learn a lot from him. And then all of a sudden, we're hunting in Michigan together. And I'm dying laughing. Oh, I'm yeah. hurting. I'm hurting from laughing with this guy. Yep. So I'm like, you got to put some of that. And he's getting better with that with his oh, videos. Dude, with those short videos. He Oh, they're hilarious. They're so hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And like when he pulls from other stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like he'll pull from our videos sometimes and just make something goofy. And it's like, I love Oh, that. when we were doing, I didn't even know what it was. Catman and I, we had just shot his bird here in Indiana and we were dancing with this stupid, <laughs> oh, we were doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. that, you know, all mm-hmm. the yeah things. And it's like, Catman didn't know what we were doing. I knew what song we were referring to just because of the way he was saying we had to say, yeah. I'm like, that sounds like Nickelback. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like Nickelback. That sounds like Nickelback. We're the Nickelback. Can you believe that, Catman? (laughs) He's a trip. (laughs) So, Linda, what do you feel is like, 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 what are some of the things that you start to see happen to Jim when he starts getting addicted to hunting? Like what changes about him and like how does he act and how does that differ from his, I guess, non-hunting season self? When he first started getting into it, the thing that I noticed was that he had to buy everything (laughs) out there that had to do with hunting. Yep. You know, and it was like every day there was boxes on our front porch and stuff and you know, I mean, it, to me, it was ridiculous. I'm like, well, just take a gun out in the woods yeah. and, you know, shoot the thing. And he's got to have all these things. And I'm just going like, like, I remember he had this one, like, clothing. He said that turkeys can't see. And I used to always tease him and go, did they line up a bunch of turkeys <laughs> and go, raise your claw? No, it was the detergent so that it didn't no, have it brighteners. The, oh, yeah. yeah, it was yeah, that. Yeah, right. so, get rid of the UV. Yeah, get yes, rid of the UV. And I yeah. go, do they go, hey, I can't see that. <laughs> Well, hey, look, man, I, I, I fell victim to the marketing strategies yeah. Yeah. right away. Oh, and, yeah. I'm, you know, the funny thing, you know, I have to have a compass, have all these things. And my very first time deer hunting, I had my climber, I had my backpack, I had my extra um, release. I, had, I mean, I carried 
30 pounds of crap that I couldn't even walk 20 yards. I'm like, I'm sweating. You know, I can still see the truck. Oh, I think I'll take this tree. God, I hope a deer comes by. You know, so it took, it didn't take long to learn that, that, that I had, I had been scammed. Yeah. Um, sent free and all that stuff like that. You know, yeah. like, oh, just hunt the wind. You know, I'd, me and Pruka used to say, you know, Scott's dad, oh, I just took a, took a leak right here and a big old 200 inch came in downwind <laughs> right to me. You know, so it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I, you know. And, you know, people, when I was younger, Arnie, you know, the World War II veteran was my dad's best friend, mm-hmm. where I got my, one of my favorite guns from. Um, you know, Arnie, Arnie wore a plaid, and they'd smoke while they were deer hunting. Oh, yeah. And they came home with deer every year. Yeah, oh, yeah. I said, what do you smoke? He goes, so I know which way the wind's going. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, 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 I relearned things I learned from them when I was 12 and totally. 13 years old later in life. Yep. But, yeah, she's right. I, I <laughs> Yeah. I have too much of everything I have. <laughs> yeah. And I think the other thing is like, he's even kind of like that right now. I have to really kind of like remind him, you don't have to, like with his food plot, he has to get certain things done today. Like, I mean, like, well, well you're retired. You're not working. <laughs> you know, can you do it tomorrow? No. He, I mean, he, and it kind of drives me crazy because it's like everything else gets shut out of his yeah. life. Mm-hmm except the focus he has on doing what he needs to do and he has to do it now for whatever reason mm-hmm. that gets has that improved at all this last couple of weeks Mm-mm. really no i don't think so because <laughs> we had our family home from georgia and he's still going out doing you know that stuff this is also an intervention everybody yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no i was present i mean you were present but you still we're really focused on that, you know, like I've got to do, I'm, you know, hey, Maya, you want to go with me? And Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like our granddaughter, he was going to take her out to put Roundup out. <laughs> it's like, whoa, that's Well, we fun. just sit in the truck. Yeah. <laughs> well, she just wanted, she wanted to go so she could play my mu- play music. But I mean, it's like, yeah, he I get just, that. he, like you said, super focused yep. and he still gets that way. And I kind of have to sometimes go, hey, you know. And I respond. That is the get, difference. Yeah, you're, you're getting out of balance here and stuff. And, and he does respond now. Used to, he wouldn't. It was mm-hmm. just like, sorry, that's mm-hmm. where I'm at, you know. When was I that bad? Early on. Early on when you were hunting, you were pretty, yeah. you know, it was like that's all you thought about. Yeah, that that, that was just before her coming in crying and, and not me not knowing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just it, you know, it, and that, that's the other hallmark of addiction anyway is selfishness and self-centeredness. That's the yeah. root of the problem. Oh, totally. 100%. Oh, I mean, and it's easy to get into that because mm-hmm. especially when I was in a job where all I did all day was give, give, give. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you come home and you just want to, I need to battery charge. You want to do, like, you want to take care of yourself because mm-hmm. you've been helping others. Yeah, my brother was telling me about that because he's worked, um, he was doing, um, stuff up in northern minnesota and he was working for this company called outward bound yeah they worked with a lot of you know at-risk youth right Mm -hmm. or just you know people any age people as well would come through and you know go on expeditions and he's like man you know there's some pretty heavy stuff in a lot of that and i realized that all of a sudden i was just doing that so much that all of a sudden i'm feeling bad and i don't even really realize that I'm not taking care of myself anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of, yeah, is an interesting thing for sure. Mm-hmm. And on top of what, uh, 
you were just saying about um oh shoot well i've had something it'll come back to me okay well i was also thinking about you know you know how do you tell the difference between an addiction to hunting when hunting is your job too you know that's that's oh like yeah it's a no very idea. different thing it's a very <laughs> well i mean you know you look at like somebody like shane you know yep. who when he is in hunting season he's got a job job but he's also very good at what he does with hunting right mm-hmm. or somebody like dave owens who that is his job now mm-hmm. you know you think you know because because warb and i were talking a little bit about you know all these different people who you know feel like they have to go to every single state and all that stuff like that now is that a personal goal or is that an addiction well, you again i don't know the answer to that what i do know the answer to is what are your consequences right now that she's brought up you know that i was so focused last week Part of the reason I was focused was also so that I could keep my mental health, for lack of a better way of saying it, in check. Because we had a lot of stress in the family over mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, we all gather together to, to, mm-hmm. to help each other. We all have different stuff we deal with. Yeah. When it's I'm it. having surgery, it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, I've had two really big surgeries in the last 12 months. Yeah. I mean, that's like... You know, so we've been going hunting is an escape from that as well. Yes. Yes. But I have to say that he schedules his surgeries around hunting season. Even this emergency surgery, uh, semi-emergent surgery, can we get it done before as quick as possible? Because I got Iowa tags. <laughs> and, of course, the doc was great with me, you know. And, and I told him I'm not going to be noncompliant. And I wasn't. You know, Linda came and pulled my – she carried my bird out from Indiana. I was three and a half weeks post-op with my big abdominal surgery and we were comparing scars earlier but you know it's like yeah do i overdo it with that yeah absolutely and that's the other thing is like with him and his health and issue all of his health issues and stuff he um he has to be careful you Mm -hmm. know that he doesn't overdo it because he can get in big trouble with that well and that's a lifelong thing too because i've had to really work hard my entire Mm -hmm. life just to be i mean you know that was back when segregating classes you know if you were spina bifida kid you automatically went to the special kids class and and i i had to fight to get into a quote normal class and you know things have changed so Mm -hmm. much since then integration being what it is but you know, there were, I had to fight like crazy just to be normal. Mm-hmm. And so I've always gone over. Yeah. And then I pay for it. Those consequences mm-hmm. are all, I have a, a, a week of horrific pain. Um, function is not so good. So I have to, and I, I'm never really successful at keeping those boundaries. So mm-hmm. she helps. But I do hear what she says now, and I do listen, which mm-hmm. is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a direct result of recovery. Mm-hmm. Because the addict will get defensive. What do you mean? I don't, get over, get over yourself. They'll start gaslighting, right? Oh, you're, you're crazy woman. There's nothing wrong with me. Zach hunts like I do, you know, or, you know, whatever, you know, and, and, and you're just going to have to get a tougher backbone, <laughs> you know? And then all of a sudden I come back and my wife's had an affair and I don't care. Good. I can now, she can go, she can do whatever she wants to during hunt season. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's we, like it's we, like I didn't becomes, really. Have she did. Yeah, no, yeah. No, <laughs> no, and, and I'm not saying that, but I'm saying theoretically. When, yeah, yeah, theoretically. yeah, theoretically. But when people start having consequences and then start rationalizing those consequences, and it's really easy to do, mm-hmm. really easy to do. I work really hard, and I really deserve to take mm-hmm. this extra time. Or you know, um, you know, I can take an extra bird. Nobody's gonna know anyway. Right. And again a lot of poaching that happens yeah. is by relatively honest people. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're, 
you know, you read about those really evil people right, who take crazy. 50 turkeys down in Florida right. or what have you. And then, you know, they got they, they always screw themselves because they save all the spurs and start bragging on social right. media. And it's just like, that's poor self-esteem, yeah. big ego. That's, that's, that's really an interesting part of it because I think, yeah, that's – yeah, just something that starts to get really weird with hunting where, yeah, it's like the bragging part of it is just a whole different level of what is even really going on there, you know. Well, and then, you know, that that need to put everything on Facebook, right. look what I the need, Yeah, the need, yeah, it's almost like to to pump, to your point with the ego thing, it's like to pump the ego, you got to just have more, 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 and then continue to flaunt that. Yep. And I think that that part of it is just... The ego is everybody's downfall. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The other thing that I was going to mention when talking about things you notice with Jim, I think if I was to ask Whitney what she notices when I start to really get... Down the rabbit down hole. Down the rabbit hole is just, I don't even exist. Like, I just am in... I'm in the woods, or I'm editing... Or I'm just doing all of the above and I don't even have time to look at my phone anymore because I've just completely dove into this, you know. And and again, it does get weird too. And, well, I'm also, you know, capturing footage, charging batteries, editing footage on the rain day. I'm, you know, yeah. doing a podcast. I was like, well, what do I have time to send a text message? Well, it's like, I really do, but I don't when I'm yeah, hyper focused. And I get that way in the studio. Like if I'm in the middle mm-hmm. of a tune and, and, you know, what may not sound like much sound-wise up there sounds like a freaking sonic boom down mm-hmm. here. And that's just life. And, you know, I, that came from my past because when I was making records, at, I, I was making records at home back before, long before it was cool to make records at home. I mean, I, um, I remember when I made my second record, I did it in my parents' living room recorded the whole thing and then i mixed it over at john's studio and i never i remember john telling me he says this sounds really good where'd you record this i, I didn't think you were going to be recording here and i said john it doesn't sound that good but he was you know he was being complimentary but i mean it, it, it's a good sounding record mm-hmm. for the time mm-hmm. but i was recording stuff at home you know so my mom would be out in the kitchen banging pots and pans i'm like i'm trying to sing a lead vocal here <laughs> you know and so that memory will come even here to this house if i'm not careful mm-hmm. you know hey do you mind if i um finish this guitar part before you come downstairs <laughs> looking for laundry <laughs> no i'm not that much of a jerk i don't well sometimes maybe well uh, also the thing that i've realized that i become addicted to is just simply editing right to where i can use that as a replacement for the hunt itself yep so i'll get to a point where you know season's over for example but i'm working on you know let's say like this time of the year i'm working on elk hunting videos it's like if i get into that you just might be gone I mean, for you, a week. Yeah, you might not be able to even pull me out to, to eat dinner. Yeah. You know, it'll be 6, 7 o'clock, and it, it, Whitney says that she's not doing this, but I can, you know, just sense her, yeah, and that's let's the other, do something else. Yes, mm-hmm. and that is something that as we both are in it, if you will, and as we recover, I, I, I my jury's always out on, you know, how do we want to define addicted because, you know, we might be interested, loving it, and we might just do it for a week out of the year. And mm-hmm. if there are no consequences and you spent, 
you know, five ten thousand dollars on a hunt in an elk hunt or something mm-hmm. like that, and you have the money to do it. So you have to define what your consequences right. are. Where I, the the consequences that we look at really in clinical, we're looking at um, legal, right? Mm-hmm. Is there those are objective things that we can see. Mm-hmm. Legal consequences are there. Um, relationship consequences these are something else we can see because we can talk to the spouse um are there uh, health consequences right look at the liver enzymes of an alcoholic they're a little different than somebody who doesn't drink um and then financial financial is another big one um, what are your finances? You know, there are some people that I've met over there. Comes oh, Drake. dude, that <laughs> Drake. scared me. That probably, that's probably going to be a pretty funny jump on that camera because I, I thought it was a person at first. You know, it was speaking like, of addiction, whoa. here's one that's got a problem with balls, and they're not the ones that used to be attached to him. Uh, sit. <laughs> um, but uh, financial, right? And I, I, I've met people who are too wealthy. To recover, right? Mm-hmm. Because they can afford to get a right. driver. They can yeah. afford to get somebody to go out to the dope man mm-hmm. and get their dope for them, right? Um, and then the one that you can't measure is your spiritual consequence. Mm-hmm. But what I always say, your spiritual consequences is how disconnected do you feel right. with those around you and the rest of the world? Mm-hmm. Which plays into that relationship thing too, right? Like, if you're, Absolutely. If you're, if come here, Drake. Oh. Drake, come here. bottle? Drake, come over here at least. <laughs> come on, sit. Come on, buddy. Drake, you just want to be the star, there don't you? you? Does. Sit. Anyway. So I think the the biggest consequence that I personally feel is just simply the relationships thing where all of a sudden, you know, my family doesn't see me. I mean, this has been my whole life too. This isn't just something like since THP. Right. Like Thanksgiving, I mean you got me for lunch and then I'm I'm Goodbye. wanting to hunt again. And I just think that it's something that is easy to get lost in, but it also starts to show off that selfish side of it a little bit. Yeah. And that that's one thing that, like, I mean, I, I hate to even say it because it, it makes me, like, yeah, I, that does make me kind of suck sometimes. But at the same time, that's part of what happens to me. Like, right. I just get selfish, and I just am like, I don't care about anything else. I'm doing this. And that's when it's like, okay hold up Mm -hmm. when i start going down that rabbit hole it's like i need to try to back off and find a way to to Mm kind of you know relax a little bit so i guess saying that what is a solution so you know and it's interesting because when you know i I talk to kids at schools a lot and and talk to them about um addiction and and things of that nature and i always tell people look i'm not here to tell you not to do drugs and the first thing they do is give me their attention mm-hmm. because, you know, usually, oh, here comes the guy that's gone through recovery. He's going right. to tell us that drugs are bad. Right. No, I, I'm not going to tell you drugs are bad. Drugs inherently aren't. Uh, my wife can drink a half a glass of wine and and go, oh, golly, I'm feeling a little tipsy. I should stop <laughs> now, right? And I'm like, you're doing it wrong. First of all, you need to chug the whole bottle and be so wasted and say, I want one more. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the difference, right? Um, no, but, you know, it, it, most people who drink aren't going to become alcoholics. Most right. people who take pain medication aren't going to become addicted, about 12% of any given population. And so I always tell these kids, listen, here's my job. My job is to tell you what I know, and I'll tell you my story, what I've been through and how it happened to me and what happened to get better. My job is if you find yourself looking at the ceiling at 3 o'clock in the morning wonder if you've got a problem, you do. Right. And if you do have a problem, 
here's what you do to get help, you know? And I recommend, here, come here. Come here, Drake. He's not going to listen to you. You're his playmate. <laughs> Sit. Drake, you're going to get in trouble, boy. You are going to get in trouble. Sit. Down. Lie down. Thank you. No. Stay. Um. Uh, he's just not going to do it. He's not happy. Because we never, we're never down here. Well, then go that way. Uh. Um, <laughs> that, that'll work. Um, but as far as a solution is concerned, you know, the first thing I always tell everybody is, you know, go over and do a little inventory. If you find consequences associated with use, you've at least made a dent in... The, tr- the truth, the, the, mis- the, the lack of truth you're telling yourself. Like you said, I could be really selfish on Thanksgiving or I can be selfish. That's okay. Good. See that. See yeah. it for what it is. If you can make a change, if you can't do it on your own, ask somebody for some help with that. Because mm-hmm. you know? qu- quite frankly, I'm not nearly 24 years sober because I'm doing this on my own. Everybody says, oh, that's great. I'm proud of you. Man, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to stay sober. It's not that I want to go use drugs. I don't have any desire to use pain medicine mm-hmm. anymore. Um, but the symptoms of the disease, the symptoms is the drugs and the drinking. Mm-hmm. The disease is the selfishness and self-centeredness. And mm-hmm. So what is it that I need to do to treat that? And, and what I have to do to treat that is to, um, you know, for the simplest is trust God, clean house, and help others. So cleaning house meaning take care of what it is, right? Being able to hear what she has to say when she's frustrated and, and, and make a change mm-hmm. and then help others. That's a big part of it. Helping yeah. others is probably the, the most rewarding part about being sober is because um, there's just something to be said about doing something for another person for no other reason than the sheer joy of it. It's no different than why I do music for, for THP. You know, he says, man, that must be expensive. No, if I, if, if, if I were getting paid, it would ruin it. It would absolutely ruin it because this is a labor of love. And so when I write a song, especially when it means something to somebody, like, I, you know, I'll, oh, Zach's going to love this cut. And you do. And it's like, ah, I mean, I have goosebumps thinking mm-hmm. about it right now. Mm-hmm. Thinking about the songs that you have said you loved. And then I see them in a video. That's like, that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. a high of it of its own because it comes from here. And mm-hmm. that's the difference. It's it's instead of selfishly serving myself, which hardens my heart, mm-hmm. you you selflessly give to others, which softens it. Yeah. Yeah. It's also I mean, I don't know if this is the same and tell me if it if it isn't. But something that I've noticed like with Turkey, actually after that two thousand twenty season where I went a whole bunch I really switched to roll and like you start filming more. Yeah, last year I shot one. This year I shot zero. Now this year, granted, I didn't hunt that much, but you know, I just went to Wisconsin just to film. Which I'm not saying all oh, like you know, like oh look what I've done. I've you know, it's no, not it's that. Not. It's just like I you get realized, joy out of the filming. Part. Yeah, and I also just get a lot of joy out of hanging out with people. Yes, and experiencing it that way, and it takes a lot of the parts of it that. I start getting addicted to are the, well, I want to improve. I want to not make a mistake. I want to hone in my skill of calling. I want to get better at patience. And like, those are the aspects of it that I get addicted to. I think within the hunt, Yeah, I want to figure this out. And it, you know, I know there's plenty of people out there that believe that, you know, THP does this for attention. 
<laughs> I've literally, you know, I would make videos about every hunt and never post them if I could do it that and yep. keep doing what and, I'm and doing. And keep doing it right. Yeah, I would be fine with nobody ever watching it. That's like I my do. little YouTube channel. I don't advertise. Yeah. I, I guess I could monetize now. I've got enough followers, but I don't want to. Yeah. I just do it for I do it for the grandkids. To yeah. be honest with you. Yes. And and I really enjoy being able to do that for them because you know they love watching it. Hey, play play. They love watching themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, you know it's kind of like us when we had when we were kids. Gen Xers were watching our own home movies on yeah. Super Eight. Um, and then you know our kids with video cameras and yep. the. VHS, big giant cameras yeah, we and had stuff the, like that. We had like the little cassette that you would put into the right? VHS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, but that was, you know, in the camera recording, and it's pretty funny. But when you have all that stuff, you can go, obviously, years later and watch it, and that's really all I'm ever yep. doing that for. You know, it's the only reason I ever started doing it in the first place is to show to be able you know, to my see friends you, and my yes, family and whatever. Yes. But it's like, as far as... And not to say that I don't, I also don't want people to think like, oh, I don't value people watching. It's not that either. No, and you you value the work that you put in. Yeah. And you enjoy sharing that work. I mean, Mm -hmm. we enjoy learning from it because I'll tell you what, I, 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 just like I said upstairs when we were eating, you know, I feel like this year, I've been hunting turkey since 2006. This year was the first time I've ever felt like an actual turkey hunter. Yeah. Because I, I watch your videos. I mean, you know, people say, you know. That's pretty cool, but I'm I'm a fan, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's it's just as much, and I learn mm-hmm. not just because I'm a fan, but I learn, you know. And that's oh, that to me is what's so cool about the video. Yeah, and like I love doing a podcast, or making videos, watching videos, because you get to learn so much from that as well. Which, in ways, also plays back into just becoming more and more down the rabbit hole of of being addicted to it. Sometimes it definitely does, but. Yeah. It's also, um, like I always say, if I'm making a video, it's like I'm watching game film. Yes. Like I just get to sit there and replay the the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it really drives us lessons home, let me tell you. I mean, when oh, you're yeah. making a video of you missing a deer or like I sh- hit shot and hit one too high in Minnesota this past season. Trust me, that video wasn't like easy to make, but I can always go back and watch it and I'm never – going to forget that experience no, now i'm not saying i won't make that mistake again but it's definitely going to make me we don't learn it the from next our, time. yeah we don't learn from our successes yeah. we learn from our failures i mm-hmm. mean i would say my favorite video that i get to watch over and over again are my shot cam videos because mm-hmm. then it's just you're seeing that whole scene again yeah. I, that's what i like more than anything are the because my little hunt from when i was three weeks post-op and then mm-hmm. linda came and carried the bird out i just filmed with my phone mm-hmm. but it meant something because for obviously for being able to Relive it. Yeah, to relive it in mm-hmm. that moment. And plus, it was real special for the two of us. It was great. But um, I will be anxious to see. <laughs> you know, she she didn't like it too much. But no, it was fine. I will be anxious to see what comments we get. And I would love to, you know, I'll respond to anybody mm-hmm. who posts comments. Because, you know, addiction's a weird thing. Especially a process addiction is a weird thing. Because it's much easier to rationalize a process addiction than it is a substance use addiction Mm -hmm. um socially it's more acceptable to have an alcohol use disorder lately an opiate use disorder sort of in vogue because of the fentanyl crisis marijuana uh, people say well you can't get addicted to pot believe me i've watched a lot of people throw their lives away over that drug too so again what i'll be anxious to see what people's comments are and a lot Mm -hmm. of times when 
when we find ourselves getting defensive, that's something to look at. That's, it doesn't mean that you're an addict or something bad. It's just, what am I feeling defensive about for? Why, why am I feeling defensive about Riser's comment about the fact that I don't want kids? Well, I don't really want kids because I don't want it to interfere. They better not be born on, you know, it's like her birthday is November 3rd. Are you Aww. kidding me? You with me? How could you do right that? Yeah. Rut. I can't tell you how many birthdays I've spent alone. Oh, yeah. I mean, Whitney's is March 25th. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so wrong. <laughs> I mean. That should be our first question. Hey, when's your birthday? Yeah. <laughs> that should be indicative, by the way, of a problem. <laughs> when's your birthday? If we're going to get married, it's going to be June or July. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's yeah. it. <laughs> Not during turkey season. Poor war, but he should have known. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, but the, rea- <laughs> but the realities are, you know, if you're asking yourself, do I have a problem? The answer is yes, you yeah. do. You do. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay because now you can do something about it. It's yeah. when we don't think we have a problem. Right. Like that conversation we had when she's like, I feel like if you, um, it never crossed my mind that it would, what are you kidding me? I love you. I would never choose hunting over you. And yet there I was doing it. So, and, and that was probably when I was eight or nine years sober. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I should have known better. No, there's no such thing. The brain has no concept of time. Mm-hmm. A lot of people carry tokens of how long they've been sober. And I, I respect that and don't poo-poo it at all. I will not personally carry one. I carry a 24-hour-a-day token. That's the only one I mm-hmm. got. Because I don't know how I'm going to be in the next day. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen to me. I mean, I remember when I had surgery, I had to have opioids. I didn't have to, but I chose to because I'm not going to suffer needlessly. Mm-hmm. But I had a lot of stuff in place to keep it so that that got limited to that very short amount for a very short amount of yeah. time. And when I gave the extras over to the police officer, it was great. I went to, went to dump them at the CVS, you know, and I had, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 Viking and left, you know, there's going to be some people watching this going, yeah, 15 or 20. <laughs> yeah. That's, I would call that just enough to piss me off. <laughs> it's just not even enough to even bother a relapse on. You know, Cause you're talking to a guy who was shooting 150 to 200 milligrams of Demerol every three hours at, at his peak. I mean, I, I had IVs that were started for me. I had home health care bringing me drugs. Mm-hmm. DEA was looking at me. I didn't even have a clue. I said, hell no, I wouldn't sell it. I'm using it. Yeah. You know, so that's how bad I was. Yeah. I didn't know. But the bottom line is, is when I went to take the Vicodin to CVS, their, their, their little lockbox was unavailable. So she said, you can just take it down to the police station. So I go to the police station, this guy's in his car. He goes, I'll just take them in for you. I'm like, you can just have them and do whatever you want with them. Because as soon as they're out of my hand, I don't really care. He goes, yeah, there's probably not enough in here to make me happy either. And I was like, you know, and it was awesome, you know, but there is something to be said about, um, empowering yourself with your recovery to be able to make better decisions about what you do in your life. Because unfortunately addiction is a lifelong disease. It's going to be there forever for me. I am no less, no, no closer or no further away from my next strength than I, it's just the way it is for Mm -hmm. me. And I just have to look at it that way. Oh yeah. Well, the one that, the one that's the hardest for me and I, you know, I don't love talking about it, but was the tobacco yeah. use. Me too. Like, that was really tough. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about consequences. Consequences for a long time were just, what if I don't have the time to get it? Like, you start revolving, your whole life revolves around how do I get it? Like, where can I find time to, like, make this work? You know, 
how can I sneak this so nobody even knows that I'm doing it? That way I can get my fix. And when it's gone down that far, I mean, obviously, there's tons of people that are out there in the same situation with tobacco or nicotine, I guess. But I just think back to like, okay, if I'm going to get on an airplane, if I'm going to have a meeting, if I'm going to have a... I mean, even a job interview. I mean, all these things to the point where it was so constant that I was doing it that it was just, you know, making the decisions for me rather than me actually making the decision That's myself. That's a great insight. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I really don't, again, I don't love talking about it. Like, but it's just the truth. my mom's not watching, <laughs> you know, but it's like. But that's so true. Yeah. When your disease makes your decisions for yeah. you, that's mm-hmm. that's when it's. And I had got to a point, too, where every day I was just miserable just because I hated that I couldn't beat it, you know. I wanted to. I wanted to get out, but I couldn't. And it was just every day I'd wake up and it was another fight, you know, and I just kept losing the And fight. every day you say, I'm not going to do it tomorrow, yeah, oh. and every day you start again. Oh, and sometimes, I mean, sometimes you you not do it. Yeah. And then two days go by and, like, you're – I you're, got this. And then you just do it again. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's where – I think also you you mix certain things like at you know I I had quit using tobacco well before I quit drinking and the problem with drinking was that when I was trying to quit the tobacco as soon as I'd start drinking it's just like oh yeah no problem oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh I'm doing that again and you yep. wake up tomorrow the next day and you're right back to being hooked on it again it's yep. like you start to kind of Get over well, that, and huh? now you're also describing what we call the progressive nature of the disease, right? I'll, I'll see people who, uh, you know, their their use takes them down to here, and then they get sober, and then they level out. Well, then if they pick up again, it drops immediately like it, it's like they never stopped. Mm-hmm. So a person who was drinking a pint a day, and they stay sober for five or ten years... Well, now I'm drinking a gallon a day. Well, that's because you basically, your illness progressed while you Mm -hmm. were sober. Your illness still progresses. So that's why you just get a daily reprieve. You Mm -hmm. know, what am I going to do today to do the right thing for me? And tobacco was a real hard one. I stopped everything all at once, Mm -hmm. drinking tobacco um, and and, and opiates. And so I I can't tell you which withdrawal was worse. I can just tell you I was shit my pants regularly (laughs) for a month. Yeah. It was just like, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. Um, but you I know, mean, and like certainly the physical pain just in general had yeah. have just been torture because yeah. I know just simply from not using snuff for however long, you know, at a certain point, it's just like torture. But yeah. then once you're past it, every day it gets a little bit easier. But I mean, to your point of like, you're always an addict. It's like every day there's still like a little fight in there. I'm not saying I think about it every minute of every right, day. No, no, it's and like I don't well either. past that, yeah. but it's like. Every once in a while, you know, you catch a whiff of a I just told you I was with Josh Elderton. Right. At one point, he was telling a story and blew like a deer. Well, he's always got a big old dip in. Oh, that's and right. And he went. And you smelled the. And it, I, I was like, I'm gonna about to catch a full whiff of this. And it was like, and it's just as soon as you, yeah. you know, that's when the fight, that's when the fight that's happens. That's when the fight happens. And it's easier, but. It's the same. Deal. I mean, it's happening. It's I was sober happening. for years. My friend Jeff had, uh, we went to visit him and his family, and he uh, had broken his shoulder. And um, I heard a pill bottle rattling in his pocket, and he was kind enough to, you know, kind of keep him. He didn't realize I, I that's not going to tempt me today. I've mm-hmm. got a whole different l- lifestyle. But I had stolen 
pills from his dad at one point. But anyway, <laughs> he, <laughs> he, uh, so I was out, we, we, we had gone to visit friends out in Pennsylvania and, um, uh, my buddy Jeff had been in an accident, had a broken collarbone and, um, I noticed the, the sound of his pills in his pocket. I'm like, hey, you got some Vikes in there. That sounds like extra strength. You got that rattle, man. I said, uh, well, you got about 20 in there? And he pulls them out because he says, well, it's just about to take one. you know. And I'm like, <laughs> he goes, well, there's 18. I'm like, I said, don't worry. It's not, I said, unfortunately, I hear a bottle of, I, I hear the Tic Tacs rattle. I can yeah. tell Tic Tacs from Delauded's. So if a Tic Tac bothers me, it won't. Mm -hmm. But if I hear somebody, so it's just the nature of it, right? Yeah. I hear, you know, I used to, you know, when I, <clears throat> when I was drinking, because drinking was ultimately what took me out. When I was drinking, I'd always kind of cough a little bit when I'd pop the top. So my girlfriend at the time wouldn't, you know. So well, what she what did she hear? She, she didn't hear me cough. She heard, <coughs> and then I'm trying to you know pour the beer in my mouth, take my five or six Percocets, whatever I had available at the time, get started, and then do the burp, try to blow it away so she doesn't wake up. And, and I'm sure they were all awake, going, "What a life this poor man has," mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And 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 it was a terrible life, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, thank God I started drinking though, because I I would have gone to my grave with the with the pain medications yeah. because at the time um, they liberalized opioid use to a point where they, the, the belief that you could get addicted was bull and that, just that crazy. Yeah. And then, you know, the pharmaceutical industry has just been, mm -hmm. that's why I left the, the business. I'll mm -hmm. never work in it again. I, even if I could work, I wouldn't, I, I'll do what I do now with the, with the nurses and do sobriety the way that I was taught it. But the way that people are teaching sobriety, it's, not sobriety mm -hmm. and it's sad because mm -hmm. it keeps a low bar low for a lot of people but yeah. um you know that's why i like working with a process addiction which is harder to work with but a process addiction really you, you can't provide a medication for or against it what you're looking at is changing a behavior right and probably the the most well-known and also the most smarmy process addiction is like internet porn or any kind of a sex addiction mm -hmm. that's a that's a, a real taboo type of an addiction but yeah they all they all work in the same manner on that part of your brain right and um you know well, it's, and even you said social media as well. Oh, yeah. That's totally That's something people are addicted to. Oh, yeah. To. I, I, I hear people so. in the profession saying, well, we're going to see if there's an internet addiction. Um, I think it's pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> pretty clear. <laughs> yes. Totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. I very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So that, I think that's the one addiction, though, that people aren't, there's, they see the consequences too, but they don't see the need to change it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, we're seeing what it's doing to a relationship mm -hmm. or children, you yeah. know, and stuff. They see what's happening, but it's not changing anything. Right. It's still, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the movie The Social Dilemma, and that really schooled me on a lot of stuff. Have you seen that? I have not, but I believe that I've heard about it. Yeah. Probably would freak me out a little it, bit. It huh? might. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you're in a social media business, it's a little bit of a different thing, and I get that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's it's a dangerous deal too because it's just so easy to look at things and then you think, well, I'm gonna look at, you know, I'm gonna look at our page, and then you start getting addicted to just like looking at even analytics or 
Like, how many people watch this video? How long did people watch this video? How many likes did we yeah. get? And they know that mm-hmm. because you get a little dopamine hit when mm-hmm. you see a like. Yeah. You get a little dopamine hit when you see a good comment. Right. It's like if you if you made a video, for example, and it's performing well, then it's it's a proud moment. Your work mm-hmm. is getting, you know, like a, a thumbs up. I mean, literally sometimes, yeah. right? Well, so your work gets a thumbs up, so you, you think, man. I'm doing Hell well. Yeah, I'm doing good. So yeah, there's definitely a part of that as well that um, is is just a dangerous route. And I try my very best. It's like a fine line. I want to respond to comments if there's questions, but if you start reading every comment too, and you see the negative stuff, it can also have a different effect where it's like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not making as good of a video. This person didn't like this, and I was really happy with this. And you know, <laughs> at the end of the day. No, that, like that really isn't, again, like I said earlier, that at the end of the day is not why I'm doing it. So I'm better off to just ignore anything negative. And I think that, I don't know, to me, that's a problem that I can. I well, really and again, don't don't forget that's part of how it all sells, right? What's the most basic and um, um, uh, what's the word? Gut level human emotion is anger. Right. And so these these things are designed to inspire that. That's what inspires the separation. That's what inspires the divisions. Right. Um, Is is, you know, what what comments do you remember most? The haters, Mm -hmm. you know, because those are the ones that inspire that. That's the one that gives you the attention. Right. And so if you want to take the power away from something, (laughs) if you want to. Drake, Drake, stop. Seriously. Go lay down. Right here. Um, if you if if you uh, if you want to so change something that you don't like, you take away its power, and 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 that's it, your own attention. Yeah. And so you know when haters start hating, the best way to do is ignore it. Yeah. And, oh yeah. And, and 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 I've taken a long time to learn that. But then again, haters hate. What happens to your self esteem? Then what happens to your ego? Right now, this is from an addiction standpoint, mm-hmm. but it's also a human standpoint. Yeah. And you know. What other people think of Jim Riser is none of Jim Riser's business. And I'll tell you something, that's a powerful skill mm-hmm. because I don't really care. Right. Somebody says, what's your deer score? I don't know. You don't want to know? I don't really care. Mm-hmm. I, don't have, I, don't, I don't have it posted on Facebook. Why? Because it means something to me. Right. Oh, yeah. And I can't wait to tell you the story because you're going to love the story about how I got that deer. And then you're going to tell me the story about how you got that deer. That's what connects yeah. us. Oh, yeah. It's not likes. Yeah. But but unfortunately, um, you know, the social media people understand the dopamine and they they got people smart, way smarter than me. It's just like the food industry, right? You know? They got PhDs working at McDonald's and all these other places so that they can make you want to crave their food. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for sure. And it's just healthy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we could we could do a whole podcast on food in the food industry. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I, I think that one thing that I do appreciate in my life is having some people that have some semblance of balance, like her mm-hmm. and, and, and the kids and... And the grandkids, you know, even, you know, their craziness, there's some balance there. And and then, you know, in, sometimes she's unbalanced and I get to help her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think probably to some degree, everybody gets addicted to something. Absolutely. To some degree. And it's at the end of the day, talking about solutions. 
just finding balance, mm-hmm. finding a way to pull yourself out of that and get back back to reality. And sometimes stop. <laughs> sometimes for me, it takes, and I was kind of talking to you guys earlier about this with my knee. It's helped me get back to some of the other things that I like just in general. Yes. Like I love watching music. I love going and watching live music. And I actually had the chance to go because I wasn't turkey hunting all spring. You know, I actually had an evening to be like, you know what? Yeah, let's go. And I had forgot how much I liked that. And I know that that can kind of sound ridiculous. But again, I'd kind of went on a hunting binge there for a few years after the whole COVID thing. And just like, that's all I wanted to do. And (laughs) still kind of the thing that I want to do most of the time, but I think I'm going to have other things in your life. Yeah. I'm having an easier time moving forward. Not to say that I won't go back to that point where I'm binging out on the hunting and I, you know, probably overdoing it and doing a bad job of balancing. But I feel like now I can kind of reflect on it a little bit better. Say, you know what? This is another thing that I can look forward to. And I would say the biggest thing that, if I could tell myself that, you know, if I could tell myself in the times that I'm low because I'm having hunting withdrawal or tell anybody that's having it, there's always, I mean, not always, but there's likely going to be another season. You're going to go again and just find something else that you like. I feel really lucky that I really like hunting a lot of different things because as soon as turkey season's over, generally I'm not going to go this year, but it's just because my knee's not ready yet. It's thinking about pronghorn. Then right after that, it's thinking about deer and elk. And then after elk season, it's thinking about getting to hunt and whitetail in October. Then in November, it's rut. Well, then once deer season's over, then I start thinking about all the other things that I like to do, like ski, skiing until I tear my ACL <laughs> or... You know, maybe. I couldn't watch that video because I just felt your pain. Yeah. I, I, I saw it, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'll never be able to watch this again. The pain wasn't even the part. It's just the, it was just, the disappointment because I was like, I knew I something knew what was happened. wrong. That whole scream or the yell that I do or whatever you want to call it as I'm going down is mostly just, damn it, you know? Yep. That's I, good. Yeah, this is not good. Yeah. And the pain, I mean, obviously was there, but it's just, I mean, it's more of the the knowing that you're going to miss the turkey season is the biggest <laughs> thing. But, you know, because of that, there's been a lot of benefit. There's been a, a ton of positives of the, of this. Well, if you can't, and, and, you know, that's sort of one of the things that sort of drew us together. You know, if we can't find, grow, we, we're never going to grow spiritually because we woke up in the morning and said, golly, it's a great day to grow spiritually. <laughs> uh, we usually grow through pain. You know, mm-hmm. my spiritual growth came out of my addiction. You know, a lot of her spiritual growth came out of losing her first husband, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to, um, medical malpractice. And then, you know, God, I'm thinking, wow, God really got a sense of humor with you because he sent you me who, you know, has a chart 10 miles long. But, you know, I remember she said to me, she says, you know, if we only have a year together, that's going to be a great year. Mm -hmm. And I remember that. And, And it's true. You know, I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't predict I was supposed to be dead so many times over because of what I was born with. 
and I'm still here. I always go, I'm still here. <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, um, but, you know, the reality is there's nothing that's guaranteed. The mm-hmm. only thing that's guaranteed is is love. It's, yeah. That's what I've learned over my lifetime. Yeah. yeah, and enjoy, again, enjoy the things that make you happy and just always have something to look forward to. Yes. As soon as turkey season's over, if you know every year you're going to shed the tear on the way home, Find something else that you like. You and know? shed your tear and joy. Find some joy in that, too. Yeah. I'm glad I have something I got so much passion about. Yeah. I feel, I feel, again, I feel lucky that I like to hunt so many yes. things. Because if I just like deer, just like turkey. Like, You'd be in I'll trouble. See, yeah, man. And I see, I see people like, man, turkey season's over. Everything's just, you know, nothing until it starts again. Or deer season's over. And, like, I don't care about turkeys or fishing. I just want to do deer. It's like, man, I just... I just want to hunt. I just like that pursuit. I love the adventure. I love the outdoors the camaraderie. Yes. Those are the parts that are important to me. So that's a And benefit. that I would not classify as an addiction. That right. I classify as a connection. Because if you really mm-hmm. look at the opposite of addiction, it's connection. Yeah. And that's a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between an addiction, if you will. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I think if I if I can find the balance, then it isn't the addiction it's when it's it's i mean there's some specific hunts that i can think of that cross the line yeah yep you i know? get it there I definitely get it are and I, and I don't think it's every one of them either i almost did that this year in michigan mm-hmm. you know i planned on being there for five days and after that first day and i realized my body is done mm-hmm. i cannot handle anymore and i need to do the right thing for my health mm-hmm. and i came home and she was blown away because mm-hmm, normally he's like pushing it. <laughs> you know, I came home with a tag, but mm-hmm. it was like I knew. And then who 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 would have known that I would have been in a wheelchair three, four weeks later? Mm-hmm. I'm just now coming off of that. Mm-hmm. That was steroid myopathy. I mean, talk about a scary thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I could not walk. I, I literally could not walk. I was I looked like a noodle guy. Uh, yeah, it was, it was not fun. And we didn't know what it was. You know, finally, after an emergency room visit and a neurologist, kind of narrowed it down to a couple of different things and i am literally still um uh, just just finishing a steroid wing because we went real slow with the end tail end of it um but i never had any idea that you that a steroid could cause i knew they they were beneficial for one thing and over time not very beneficial Mm -hmm. but it was one of the scarier moments because i'm trying to climb on my tractor and i fell off Mm -hmm. and i can't get it back on and I'm like, what the heck's going on? And of yeah. course, my denial is, I must be dehydrated and need some electrolytes. I'll go drink <laughs> some Gatorade yeah. after I do this, 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 and this. And that's where she was talking about being a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I'm always a little crazy about yeah. something. I mean, the the final thing, I guess, that I think of when I think of this is when I hit something that I really can focus on, because I also have pretty severe adhd me too i I really struggle to stay on probably why we get along so well yeah i mean because we can follow each other yeah there's a lot of similar yeah there's a lot of similar personality things and i think when i hunt i can focus on that and that in itself is addicting man yes feel and same thing with editing when i get in the groove of a video it's just like don't even like get in my way because it's painful it's like Ah, it's withdrawal. You know, you get you pull away to go eat lunch, and it's like, dude, I don't have time. I gotta just keep working on this. It's like nothing can pull me away from the things that I really like to do. I get it with working out. I get it with running. I get it with uh, 
I got it with sports when I played sports. Drug of choice is more. Yeah. And it's just like never want to stop. But it also, again, I guess plays into that focus aspect of it as well. It's the hunting right now is the number one thing that allows me to just be here. And you present. Know? Yes. Very present. That that But look at look at what hunting brought us. We, yeah. It brought us into this moment. Yeah, totally. And what a great moment it's been. Yeah. Yeah, and I think also I don't know, man, that 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 it makes me feel so alive. When I'm standing there and well, we're not getting up yet, boy. When we're <laughs> when we're standing there and the sun sun you know, is just starting to peek over the horizon, you get that golden hour, you listen to the birds chirping. I mean, that that's something. Like that's why we're all so crazy. I mean, that in itself all by itself. It, Gray light. Yeah. You know, heart's pumping the, a little bit more. And the, the adrenaline when the animal's coming in, that's all great. But also that that just being here in the moment and just being so hyper focused on something is just so satisfying that again, I think that's easy to get pretty hooked on as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. So you're just like, oh, I gotta get that again. I gotta get that one more morning. You know, oh, I wanna hunt. I want to have the evening because I just want to feel that. Like, oh, it's just like me settling this down, you know. It's yeah, just it's so just good. like me this year after I shot my Indiana bird. I took my camera out and shot birds with my camera yep. for a day. Mm-hmm. Then I stopped. <laughs> Didn't I? I remember when we first met, and I, I remember telling him, one of the things I admire about you is your passion. And then the more... <laughs> The longer we were together, it was the thing I hated about him sometimes <laughs> because it was like his addiction to it. Yeah. You know, it was like, I loved that passion in the beginning, but now I'm looking at it going like, it's driving me crazy. Yeah, well, that's usually the way it is in every relationship. Yeah, with thing you love exactly about somebody. That, that to me. Yep. Exactly that. Yep. You're passionate. Well, yep. Yeah. That can be good and that can also be bad. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty passionate about you. I do. I mean, I still do love that. I remember like, you know, people saying to me, like, what are you going to do when you retire? And I'm like going, I I don't really have any passion about anything like that. And it was kind of, I felt jealous. Yeah. You know, like, I don't have that, you know, like I look at you guys and you have that those things that you're so passionate about. Sometimes it's harmful, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you can keep it in the checks and balances of it, then it's really glorious, yeah. you know. But it's when it becomes out of balance, as we've talked about, but. Another thing I want to mention is funny is like when we first, when he when I was you know kind of like you'd rather hunt than spend time with me. His answer would be, "Well, come hunt with me." It's like I don't want to go hunting. I don't like that. Yeah, that's not my thing. But that was his answer to it. Is like then you can come with me. It's Mm -hmm. like no, that's not. You want to be with me? You're gonna have to hunt with me. That's not the solution. Which is a really (laughs) shitty thing to say to a human being (laughs) that you like. Yeah, yeah, you have to do what I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. which yes. is where the selfish part yeah, of it comes exactly back in that as well. Selfishness yeah. of like, you know, thinking about me. Well, honey, I'll spend time with you, but come on and come with me. That'd be like her saying, "Come on to Joanne Fabrics with me." Yeah, right. I'd rather eat glass and swallow it. <laughs> you know, that's not my thing either. But oh, you like to knit. Well, I do like to knit, but oh yeah, I mean, there's certain things that I have to, you know, find little parts of it that I like to also, you know, but that, I think that's the the other thing that I try to do is, okay, maybe I don't like going on a target run, but 
you know, maybe if we go on a target run, we can also go to a place that we both like that's kind of like a... Well, gun know. store. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was act- Funny enough, I was going to say Sportsman's Warehouse because <laughs> it's right across the street from one of the targets that we go to. So it's like, yeah, it's... it's but 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 truly those things and and like finding whatever it is like music is a good example i've really enjoyed hiking which i can also pair into scouting like that's something whitney and i can do together and when and and she genuinely enjoys it's not like i'm necessarily dragging her to do something she doesn't want to do it's like we're hiking but we can also go hike in the places that i want hunt. but which is which is great but i I get it yeah but it's like state parks we go camping at yeah let me go take a look over down here hey we can get a boat in here yep And, and if you if you find the things that you look forward to especially when it comes to the i guess process addiction I really think that that would be something I would just continue to tell myself. So maybe if anybody's listening and dealing with, you know, the the, the withdrawal of hunting, just keep finding the thing to look for. Find things to. that you like, yeah. you know. I mean, I, I remember there was a time when I was working saying, I don't want to live just season to season mm-hmm. and trudge through this awful part oh, yeah. of my job. It, yeah. And, um, you know, because my, my, the part that I was passionate with my job was patient care. Love the patients. Love the patients. Mm-hmm. Administrative. <laughs> you know, especially when you find out what healthcare is all about. Yeah. You know, when they, they call it the healthcare business for a reason, it's a business. And I am not a businessman when it comes to patient care. And so that didn't jibe well. And that's okay. That's that's why they have other people that can do that. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't talented that way. My my talents were you're gonna come into my office and be as messed up as you possibly can be. And if I do my job right, you're going to fire me and have an amazing life. And you're going to find out you never needed me in the first place. If I do my job right, because I don't want somebody pinning their sobriety on me. Because that's, I made that mistake early on. And I'll never forget the therapist telling me, I said, man, you saved my life. He goes, no, God saved your life. I just got to be here to watch. And he was right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I always say to people that I help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say that's probably still my biggest passion is, is seeing others get well um, in, in the groups that I do. That, well, two groups um, that I do for, um, for the nurses, um, you know, because these are people who were just as hopeless as any addict on the street, gutter, however you want to put it, whose lives were uh, gutted. And, uh, and some people choose to go back out and have died, and that's part of addiction too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, you know, when you see somebody get better, finish up their program, finish up their monitoring agreement, get their lives back and have a kid that I try to tell them to name after me, none of them ever do. <laughs> <laughs> one did. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, one did. <laughs> yeah, but um, but no, the, the, it, that's, 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 my, that's my gift that to, to really that God gave me mm-hmm. is to help others. Yeah. And that's a cool gift to have. And um I think that's part of the reason I'm so passionate about my music for THP because not only does it do nice things for you, but it absolutely jet fuels me. And that's what better connection can you have? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a pretty good end point. Yeah. Because, I I mean, really, 
I mean, how many days do you think we could just probably sit here and talk? I mean, it would be pretty interesting to just, you know, have food sitting here and just see how long we could keep a conversation <laughs> going. <laughs> I think it would be days for sure. We just get a year. Well, I got my bag, so we're good. I can just keep peeing in my bag. Hell, I'm peeing right now. Um, but yeah, no, it'd be, especially in this environment. Uh -huh. This is where Warb sleeps when, when he comes here. This is his room. Oh, it's great. Man. It's a great room. And I don't know what order these will necessarily go in, but tomorrow we're going to do some more podcasting. We're going to do some interactive stuff where we're going to give you guys a little bit of a tour of this. So it and may be studio. posted. If it's been posted already, I'm sure we'll you know have some way to show you where to find that. And If not, that's something to look forward to. But What a gift. Yeah, tonight's been a good time. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. It's been super fun. And we get to wake up tomorrow and do it do again. It again. Yeah. Love it. All right, guys. Well, thanks for watching. Thanks. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Thanks.